Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hi. Hi. Did you hear about Bob Saget? I heard, but I don't know the details. Well, like, it's like Betty White and Sidney Poitier and now Bob Saget. Not that they're all similar, but, you know, I'm just... A lot of, like, iconic. Yeah, I'm sad. So, anyway. uh, But OCD. OCD. We're going to be talking about acceptance, which is dun 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 a really exciting topic and there's been lots of questions <laughs> lots of questions in fact we were just talking and i think we're going to need to make this this episode a two-parter because there are a lot of questions and there's a lot of ground to cover too lots of ground to cover yeah lots of metaphors lots of techniques lots so of much. subtypes mm-hmm. <laughs> all we're yeah there's so much so lots of myths to bust Ooh, myths to bust yes there are that's true cheers. myths cheers thank you and espresso? it's espresso it's espresso thank you <laughs> we will save it we post it later Yes. Well, and uh, as a reminder to everybody, for those of us who didn't join us last week or didn't see last week's, we are now a podcast. So if you want to uh, listen to us after the fact on any of your favorite podcast apps, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc., you can do so there. So yeah, we do save these here. We're on YouTube. You can, we're, yeah, it's hard to we're, miss us. <laughs> we're taking over. Yeah. And yes, you can ask questions, throw them in the question mark little bubble in the lower right. And if they're related, we do try to keep them on on topic so that they're all organized for people when they come back to listen to things. And, you know, one of the reasons why we chose this topic was because one of our viewers last week mentioned, can you please talk about acceptance more and OCD? And we were like, yeah, consider it done. Yeah, we sure can. Yes. You sure can. So what what in the world does acceptance have to do with OCD, Kelly? What is this acceptance stuff we are talking about? Um, so, a lot of things. Where do we even start on that? Well, there's lots of things to be accepted. A broad overview where we often are talking about accepting the presence of thoughts the presence of feelings and urges and sensations. So those internal experiences, private experiences as they're called and (laughs) (laughs) private experiences and privacy. And we're also talking about in the context of OCD, accepting uncertainty because that's a big part of recovery. We're talking about accepting this is one of the things I didn't actually get a chance to talk to you about, like accepting the diagnosis, because I think that that's something that comes up a fair amount is like, but I don't want to have this, which I get, obviously, having OCD myself, and I know you do with, with your own OCD, but I, yeah, so I think acceptance is this, this idea that permeates a lot of the work that we do, and... <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, acceptance of, I keep thinking of Stephen Hayes's, uh, quote where he, and I, 
I could totally get this wrong where he says acceptance. We have to, the goal is to not feel better, but to learn to feel better, right? right? So to experience it fully, but not with this goal that we are going to somehow make things better is that we're going to feel all the things that humans are meant to feel. And that if we try to push it away or alter it in some way, we actually are causing a great deal of suffering. Right. And we're not, to your point, with the Stephen Hayes quote, like feeling it well. And the work of of therapy really is in getting better at feeling your feelings, not in feeling less. Yep. Yeah. Feel more of the feelings. And believe me, I feel a lot of feelings. If anybody knows me on any personal level, I am the most feely person there is. Okay. So many feels. All of the feels. I cried last night at Frozen, too. I cry every time. <laughs> Olaf dies, and I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> You're like, I'm bye. Well, I and just... I, I'm not a crier, but I do feel a lot of feelings. I No, I take that back. Okay. In certain circumstances, I am okay. a crier. I have okay. been, like, I have been easy to tears at points <laughs> in my life. But, uh, but more than that, it's like, you know, anxiety sadness without the tears you know there's lots there's so many of the feelings oh yeah yeah so so any questions that's it for today guys (laughs) (laughs) all the feelings are there good luck yeah so we're out no just kidding oh i'm sorry i spoiled it this frozen too Oh dear. <laughs> well, doesn't he die in every, both? Like he always is melting this poor, poor guy. Poor Olaf. Um, yeah. Okay. So. So yeah. So I think that that's sort of the the sort of umbrella under which we're operating. But yeah, I think I'm curious because I know that you wanted to check in about about some acceptance and commitment therapy stuff. Maybe you could get us rolling on that um, because there's a lot to do with acceptance in the realm of a good old act. Yeah. Acceptance, commitment therapy, guys. So I'm going to use, this is not my own invention. This is Sam Harris. It's not Sam Harris. Sam Harris. <laughs> Seriously right now? Russ Harris. Different guy. Totally different guy. Totally different guy. <laughs> Probably like-minded a bit. But anyways, Russ Harris. Mm-hmm. It's because I was listening to him this morning. I'm sorry. I'm derailing <laughs> so us. Wait, you were listening to Sam Harris this morning? Yeah, I was listening. Meditation? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It sent me on a really good existential spin. It was great. Okay. He's good at that. He's so good at it. He's a great existential exposure. Anyway. He is. He is. Anyways, Russ Harris who's, you know, a huge force in the world of ACT. And he's written a lot of great books, one of which is The Happiness Trap. I recommend you get it and you read it multiple times throughout your life because it's definitely impacted mine. Um, But he uses this idea, this metaphor, as a way to express the difference between fusion and defusion, which is being so fused with your thoughts that you believe them to be true or on some varying degree, very true, which is people who have OCD. And then diffusion, which is really more acceptance, right? So this is what he does. He writes, I use this, I posted it on my stories because I actually had this thought this morning. Oh, so, hold on. What if I, oh, I can't, it's what if I mi- microwave my cat. What if I microwave my cat? I had that thought and I was like, that's great. Cool. Yeah. All right. Dealing with that now. Um, <laughs> there it is. So I was like, here, let's use a real life example. So he says, and if you have a piece of paper, please get it out and write down your feared thoughts because this is what we're doing. Hmm. Or don't. You can do it later. Whatever you want. Well, it's fine. Play. I'm going to think of okay. a thought. Go ahead. Okay. So now if you think of fusion, people who have OCD, we often go like this, right? Mm, like right up in it right up in it <laughs> this is it this is all i can think about yeah right this is it i, I am can't even see you that's you how fused you are with this thought 
So when we actually do it, we're, what, do, what, what, do, what do we notice? You can't see me. I can't see you. No. Nope. You can probably see the reflection of my ring, though. That's cool. Yeah. I also, I can't really, I can only hear myself reverberating off of this, right? Kelly! I'm, I have peripheral, but it's very limited. Yeah. And I'm just sucked in with this. So he talks about this is not acceptance, right? This is total fusion and we're missing the reality of all the stuff that's going on around us, right? Because it's not just this thought that's happening. We're missing other things and joy in the world and we're only focusing here. And he says, if we push it away and we're like, don't have this thought, Mm -hmm. it becomes very exhausting and our arms and muscles get really tired and it also just Mm -hmm. doesn't work. It's still there. Right. Um, no matter and how far saying, away it is from your face. By the way, for anyone who's listening, because I realize this is not going to translate into our podcast format, uh, we're, we, Kelly had the, the clipboard like right up to her face initially, and, and then when she's pushing it away, she's like holding it as far away from her body as she can, and she's all tight and clenched. And, oh, ah, that's the sound yeah. of the image. Yeah, far away, pushing it away, cringing your eyes at it, getting almost resentful or angry that you have to push it away, right? Like it's a duty and a job now. It's very, there's a lot of anger there. I feel it come up anyways. For sure. I agree. And so the acceptance piece would be just gently laying the piece of paper down, the clipboard down, the the feared thought down on your lap or on the table. It's still there, right? But we've let go of the tug of war We've let, we've dropped the rope and now we're just sitting with, I can shift my attention to the present moment, which is having a conversation with my very dear friend and all of you while having this thought about microwaving mod on my desk. And I can choose now to look at it and notice it and observe it as words. And then I can choose to come back. It is choice. It is about willingness and 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 act they talk about them as synonymous willingness and acceptance hmm. interesting yeah i yeah absolutely well well explained yeah um and i, I think it's interesting so that somebody just said any thoughts on ocd making someone make their circle very very small how to get out of that tiny bubble i think that's exactly what you were just talking about is that when when you are hyper-focused on this thing and trying to get rid of it and not wanting it, right? Like the antithesis of acceptance, it does make your circle very small. You be- your world becomes, becomes the word on the piece of paper that is like basically glued to your forehead. You miss so much of your life. Yes, yes. In fact, I was just having a conversation uh, about this with a, a friend, um, that, yeah, it's like, it, it's, if you're having to navigate those thoughts in a, in a way that like is resistant of them, your whole life is consumed. It's constant. So if you want to widen your circle and I'm not like giving you direct advice, but generally speaking, widening your circle looks like putting the piece of paper in your lap and letting it be part of the picture without letting it be the whole thing. Yes. Well said. And you know, it's not just, I'm talking about it through the lens of OCD, but in act, they talk about it very broadly of any distressing or uncomfortable experiences, right? Like sadness. Um, it's not just a thought. It could be a feeling. Yeah. And there's a yes. lot of things that are not just compulsive that are avoidant behaviors. It could be um, drinking or using a substance, right? Like avoiding other people. Yes. Experiential so. avoidance is something that is a mm-hmm. a very... Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do to try to avoid your experience. Yes. Yes. I've, I've tried many of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm too scared to try a lot of them, but. <laughs> Zero out of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't recommend the ones I've done. No, no. So. 
not very effective. So, so yeah, so in terms of what we can do about, uh, and just as a reminder too, if you have questions, throw them in the question mark bubble because it's hard to see them going by um, always. Uh, I did see someone say, I have a bad phrase in my head that I told myself not to say in my head now, I can't stop, how do I accept this? Well, so glad you said, you asked. <laughs> First of all, we can't give direct advice, however, because yep. it's not therapy or a replacement for therapy, but... It leads us to diffusion techniques, right? That's right. That's right. Which is how do we accept, how do we actually, now that we get the concept, and if you don't get it, please, you know, ask, maybe we'll clarify if we can. Yeah. But you get the gist of it. So now how do we actually do the thing, which is yes. always the question I hear is like, well, how do I do it though? Right. Right. Well, do you want to, you want to lead some of these techniques, these cool Ooh. tips and tricks? I think that, yeah, we'll both, we'll both have our go at them. I, I think essentially, so cognitive diffusion is it's not diffuse, like, like a diffuser with oil <laughs> smells. It's yeah, e. it's not with an I, it's an E. <laughs> yeah, it's a made up word from act, diffuse. And the idea is that you're getting some space, right? You're putting the piece of paper in your lap. So how, how do we, how do we take the, the word, the, the phrase, whatever, and get it, some space from it, there are these techniques. We call them diffusion techniques. And one of my personal favorites is, uh, and one that we use quite a bit uh, together, is the, the old uh, give it a voice, <laughs> give it a funny voice uh, technique. And this is not, to be clear, Anytime that it then becomes about proving that the thought isn't a genuine reflection of what you want, we're now venturing into the land of compulsion, which is not helpful. We're not trying to get certainty that this thought doesn't mean something. We're just trying to see it as a thought. Could be true, like, could be false. Yes. But it, like words yeah. on a piece of paper. Exactly. Words on a piece of paper could be true. Right? Yeah, but that's but, not our job to figure it out. <laughs> right, exactly. So when I say funny voice, what I'm saying is let's let's put the thought itself. And since we were talking about mod in the microwave, um, we we might consider, you know, like a valley girl, right? Like, oh my gosh, what if you just uh, like put that cat in there and then hit start? Like. Well, like for real, you might just do that. <laughs> you might put your cat in the microwave. Or... <laughs> Good old Darth. Yeah. You are going to put <laughs> your cat in the microwave. It's true. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good, you did a good sound that was very impressive I've done it a lot with my younger clients they really enjoy it so I have a lot of practices practice yeah. in it but very authentic. we're Probably. laughing though but when you first do these you might not be laughing mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's not working though it's that you are now allowing that scary thought to be there with a little more lightness to it yeah that it's just, oh, that's, it is a thought, right? It's a thought that Darth Vader could say just as easily as my mind says, they're words. And so now the piece of paper is further away from us. Doesn't mean we're not also going to have a strong emotional experience of it. Just means that it's not our de facto reality. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You want to so, throw silly out voices? Example? Yeah, let's do it. So another one, which I actually remember I was reflecting last night when I couldn't sleep and it was 4 a.m. and it was my fourth time trying to fall asleep. Mm. I was like, oh, I remember back in the day when we first started our friendship. And I think one of the things we bonded over was like, oh, I noticed that I'm having the thought that fill in the blank. And I think mm -hmm. it started in a staff meeting, but that's okay. We'll talk about that another day. Um, definitely going to want to refresh on that, but yeah. Yeah. 
But um, the idea there is because ACT, acceptance commitment therapy, is based out of relational frame theory. What is it? Yes, yes I got RFT, it. You nailed it, man. Oh, for once yeah. it sunk in. Okay. <laughs> Which is the all gub about gub. language. Yeah, the gub gub. <laughs> Which is not going to mean any. Should we explain the gub gub? Sure, do it. Yeah. So, um, relational frame theory the idea is that I'm going to butcher this. No, you won't. That we are like everything that we experience through language is put into these frames. Like we see things as connected to one another. So, um, and we draw these connections. It's pretty impressive actually. And, and children, like young children can begin to do this as well. I'm not sure on the, the ages developmentally offhand, but essentially that if we make up this creature, I didn't make it up. Stephen Hayes made it up, I think. The gub gub. And if we show a picture and say, this is a gub gub, and then we also say that the gub gub makes the sound, woo, how'd I do? It was pretty you accurate. did it, you did it, <laughs> totally. So if the gub gub says woo, right? If I then say to like even a young child, you know, at a certain developmental stage, um, what does that say? And I point to the picture that I've, that I've identified as the gub gum. They'll say, woo, right? Like, but this is the, the connections that we draw. We, we are able to do so much of this in our minds, right? Like we're, it, it's, it, as, as I said, pretty remarkable. And so through language, mind through you. language, just through abstraction, through, mm -hmm. yeah. So language is important, guys. The way we talk about things shocking. It's important. Especially, and even when you're talking about things that don't even exist, like gub gubs. Like gub gubs. So, but we I derailed us a little bit to, to sort of clarify relational frame theory. So mm -hmm. you were saying. So the idea is that when people are having a thought like, you know, what if I, or I'm a person who let's use a different subtype other than microwaving a cat, like, you know, relationship OCD. Cause someone had asked about our OCD yeah. is this thought that I'm with the wrong person, right? Yes. I'm with the wrong partner. Yep. So when we say that I'm with the wrong partner, our brain processes that as yeah, you're with the wrong partner, right. you're having these thoughts, you wouldn't, you know, like you start to go down this fusion, like this is an important thought. In reality, it's just a bunch of words that have been put together and now you're associating meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And Because becoming, of that amazing ability that you have. That your brain has. That, oh, that means something, right? Like I've created a story, go ahead. Yeah, and now what we're asking you to do instead of saying, oh, I'm having this thought. It's like, oh, I actually, it's the meta part. It's the mindfulness piece, right? That metacognition that actually we're observing, we're noticing our mind is having this thought. Yes. So it's, it's like two steps further away almost. Right. And even saying I'm having the thought that is an initial form of diffusion. That's the first so, step. Right. Exactly. And when you're completely fused, you're not even aware that you're having a thought. You're just in it. You're just in it. You are that thought. Yeah. Just... You're, oh my gosh, I am in the wrong relationship. Well, am I? Maybe I am. Well, I should probably, yes, exactly. You're fused. You're, you're, you got a clipboard as, a, you know, a face. Mm -hmm. Clipboard to face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Patrick <laughs> with the duck. His duck. And yeah. Stuck. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. So if you, yeah, sorry, you were saying though, the. Well, no. You... So then that's it. That's the end of the technique is that yes. when it's happening, right. Is noticing, ah, I notice that even, you know, I find it helpful. Like when pointing out compulsive behaviors, like, oh, I notice this urge yes. to want to do this instead of, I have to do this. Like, right. you, you know, it's a choice. Yes. 
it's a it's a hard, difficult choice, and it is a choice nonetheless. It you have the agency to do this. Yeah. Do not sell yourself short here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't talk smack about yourself. Yeah. Essentially, a couple of things came by. First of all, um, somebody was asking about health anxiety and how this relates. I think, generally speaking, most of the things that we say on this podcast, even though it's purely OCD and we're talking about OCD. OCD, anxiety, generalized anxiety, health anxiety, social anxiety, phobias, agoraphobia, panic disorder, all of the things tend to operate in essentially the same way. So, uh, you know, we that's at least from a process standpoint, if I'm working with a client, I'm conceptualizing it in a very similar way. Um, intolerance of thoughts, intolerance of feelings, intolerance of uncertainty. The other thing that came up a couple of times, which might be an interesting transition, is uh, derealization. So the experience of derealization, which is, you know, somewhere between sensation and emotion, right? Like that's like a feel, it's a private experience. It's a bit... I love I, that you keep saying private experience. I'm just like private dancer. Like, yeah, private, like isn't that a song? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking of private, Turner, like, like private parts. Yeah, like private. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, keep going. Let's talk about the derealization. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so, ex- yes, I like we can't again give you direct pointers, but generally speaking, when we work with derealization, we're we're talking about accepting a feeling an experience an emotion right like a, a sensation or a sensory some amalgam of all of those things and ultimately it is just another experience and we might want to control it and fix it and change it and all of those things and yet if we are accepting of it this is ultimately a much better approach because we can't change it. Anyone who's tried to change an internal experience like thoughts or feelings or like derealization, I've, I've had derealization before and I've resisted it and it doesn't work. It doesn't get rid of it. It just makes me now annoyed and pissed off and frustrated that I'm experiencing derealization in addition to experiencing the derealization. Do you think we could just really, and I'm sorry, why am I saying I'm sorry? I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Um, Redact. Could you redact, gone, it didn't happen. Could we clarify the difference between dissociation and derealization? Because I do think, and and I don't think that, I'm not assuming this person has it wrong, but I do think a lot of people get confused between the two. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, I don't know if you can if well, we think about like panic and dissociation, right? Is like that feeling of out of body. Well, and we were talking about to derealization versus depersonalization. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. I think, right? I, I always mess that up. Yes. No, that's okay. But they're both because they're all dissociative states. They are, but there's. Isn't there two diver- there's a divergent between two yes. big ones. Yep. So dissociation, the derealization fits with dissociation, whereas mm-hmm. depersonalization is you don't even feel like you are yourself. Right. Right. Like it, you can witness yourself looking at yourself. Right. It's a feeling of disconnection from or the experience of being disconnected from yourself uh, versus the world around you. Right. I think that that's sort of the delineation. Yes. So you see that, you know, dissociation, we see a lot in panic, derealization, derealization and dissociation, we can use like in synonymous, right? As synonyms on some level, there are obviously differences, but not for like the consumer to know, need to need to know. Yeah. 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 But no, anyways, the point is, is that you see that a lot in anxiety disorders and mm-hmm. it comes up a lot and mm-hmm. people don't like the feeling. Mm-hmm. I think when you've gone outside of your window of tolerance and 
you have to like get to work. I think grounding techniques can be super helpful, but while accepting that your brain is going to go into dissociation and derealization over and over again. Right. But you're going to have that experience. That doesn't mean that you have to stop life. Just like we would say with any of these other experiences, like thoughts right. and emotions that, you know, it's about, yeah, to your point, maybe trying to ground so that you can just sort of put one foot in front of the other. Um, and, making space for the fact that this is how you're experiencing the world right now. That's it. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, I guess this is what we're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sensing, feeling the senses greater, better, right? Like, like mm-hmm. I was had quoted Stephen Hayes earlier on is like, we want to, we want to feel, we want to feel it well yeah broader instead of feeling better we actually want to sense it we want to actually get better at feeling our feelings so that we have a better relationship with them yeah they're okay they're not going to harm us no no what's it gonna say so yeah so what about i mean obviously we we see derealization and anxiety and in addition to that, we want to talk about the fact that anxiety itself is an experience that we want to be accepting of, because obviously that's that's the uh, big ticket item on the on the menu here today, right? Um, and I oh, but before we move on to that, I did want to um, touch on this idea of acceptance versus resignation. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to accept that this is the way it is and the way that it is going to be just like, now this is my life. Now I'm just, I'm anxious forever at the end. And that's right. Talk about fusion. Yeah. Right. So true. I am anxiety. (laughs) I, I am anxiety. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's true. And the reality is when we talk about acceptance, we're talking about acceptance now. Just what's happening. What's happening right now? This, okay, I'm anxious right now. Ooh, I'm having this thought right now. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to have this thought forever and ever and ever, every single second of every single day. I might have it ongoing and intermittently, but I, but all I have to do is accept that it's here now. Right. It's, it's, it's absolutely the clipboard again. It is like, I'm anxiety. This is never going away and saying, well, you're missing all the joy on the peripheral and you can't, your anxiety's here. Yes. You can choose to put it down. It's not going anywhere. And. But that doesn't mean that it's also omni like present it's not always at the forefront necessarily either right and don't get into a power struggle where you're trying to push it away like i had mentioned earlier yeah is you're going to be in a place of resentment and anger and frustration all equaling suffering suffering is a choice pain is not pain yes. is not a, it's not an option like everyone gets pain yeah. but to choose to prolong it by resisting no. it, that's that's suffering. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So don't do that. So don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I that wouldn't be my choice. If, and sometimes I do. Like sometimes we all all are resistant toward what is because it's almost an immediate reaction, and that's where we're back <laughs> to pivoting. Pivot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone actually had asked this question in for this talk. They submitted is like, what is it? It actually I laughed out loud. It was so good when they said <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they said, um, 
what is it like to live without anxiety? That wasn't as funny as the second part, which was, um, what am I shooting for? <laughs> I loved that. I just so appreciate, I laugh because I so get that. I so uh, appreciate where your mind's coming from to ask a question like that, you know, yeah. is like, yeah, because that's what you think. You go to an anxiety specialist and they're like, no, you're going to feel more anxiety. And you're like, what? I want my money back. <laughs> yeah. <sucks>. Like, <laughs> I'm paying you a lot of money for you to tell me to have more of this. Huh? What is this BS? Yeah. Return. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a non-return fund, uh, return policy. Yeah. But the answer is that I have no idea what it's like to live without anxiety. Um, I'm glad that I do have it because it keeps me safe. I hate it sometimes, but when I'm in a place of hate and anger, it's not resolving it either. That's that power struggle. I'm pushing it away. It's like you push away the reality. Anxiety is here. You're yeah. being, you know, you're being resistant and unwilling to accept reality. Yeah. And that's, here. that's not, that's not helpful. It's yeah. still going to be there. Yeah, it's still yeah. going to be there again. If if resisting feelings were an effective approach, we wouldn't. I I wouldn't be here. I would never have uh, gone to therapy. I never would have gone back to school to to do what I do now. Right? It just wouldn't have happened. But it's not. It's not trying to yeah. like micromanage our emotional and thought and private experiences. <laughs> this is not. I work. love private experiences. Private experiences, man. So, yeah. So should we, should I go, I know we're going to make this a two-parter probably. So maybe we cut like sort of the discussion there and then next time we can talk a little bit more about accepting feelings. Well, maybe uncertainty and diagnosis will be next time. Um, And maybe a little bit more of like mindfulness meditation given our time. Um, Because I think that that can be an incredible tool for accepting the presence of emotions and thoughts, right? That the the experience of acceptance of non-judgmentally approaching all of your experiences, that's what we're cultivating through a mindfulness practice, whether that's on a meditation pillow or out in the world. Yeah. Okay, sorry, questions I forgot. No, that's all good. So actually, while you're looking, we could we could talk about how this applies to sexual orientation. No, we already did sexual. No, we did our OCD. Sexual mm-hmm. orientation OCD was another one that was on there. So how can we apply acceptance of thoughts and of feelings in the realm of sexual orientation OCD? Um, you want to give me a thought? Around sexual thought. orientation? Mm-hmm. Um what if I'm really sexually attracted to females? Okay. So what if you're sexually attracted to females? So could you, I, I want you actually for a moment, Kelly, mm-hmm. as, it, as if Kelly actually has this, by the way, guys, we're playing pretend. I want you to think really hard for 10 seconds that thought completely. Wait. Do you hear the phone ringing in the background? I do hear a phone ringing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do we... Are we having, like, an interference of sorts? No, you know what I think it is? I think it's... it's um, I think it's... I think it's gone. <laughs> it is. But whoa. <laughs> but whoa. Okay. All right. So there okay. you go. Um, so if I, so, if, if Kelly actually. It's God calling. <laughs> hello. Clarice. <laughs> Except totally. all your thoughts and feelings. That's the best yeah. way. Thank you. Yes. So let's just say that Kelly actually has sexual orientation OCD and is like, oh my gosh, but what if I'm actually attracted to women? And. I, I might say to Kelly, okay, I want you to think we're going to do an experiment here. I want you, I'm going to time you for 10 seconds to think 
that thought, like to just really like, and believe it, be with it, like be completely up in that thought. Okay. I'm going to time you for 10 seconds and then we're just going to check in about what's happening with you emotionally. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. 10 seconds is up. How do you feel right now emotionally? Um, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anxious a little bit? A little, really anxious. I feel sick. Mm. I feel nauseous. Okay. Um, Big feels. So I want you to now do the same thing, but we're going to add some words to the front of that statement that you were thinking about so hard for, for that time. I want you to, to have the thought. I'm having the thought that. I'm having the thought that, that maybe, maybe I'm, I might be attracted to women. That I, maybe I'm attracted to women. Yeah. So what I would do then is to have Kelly think about that for 10 seconds. And usually what happens there is that somebody would be like, oh, okay, I feel less bothered by that. I'm, I'm a little bit more just aware of that as a thought. And then maybe we'd tag on, I'm noticing I'm having the thought that I might be attracted to women. That's one sort of iteration of how this can be uh, applied with thoughts. Right. And you can also do this as uh, saying it out loud really fast if we're talking about relational frame theory mm. and how language is plays such a huge role is that if you actually say it very fast on a loop, right? Like maybe I'm really attracted to women. Oh, I'm really attracted to women. 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 I'm really, it just starts to sound like a sound. Uh-huh. It doesn't really have this, um, it loses its meaning. Yes. Right. And, and a lot of times people are scared just to say the thought. Yes. So that can always be a good step in that direction is just say it a lot, say it fast, say it with a silly voice, sing it. Yeah. But we're not going to fuse with it. Yeah. We're going to notice it and we're going to notice that it's a possibility, which we'll talk a little bit more about next time, but, mm-hmm. and we may have some feelings about that. So if you have sexual orientation, OCD, you have that thought, even if you're noticing it, you might also notice that you have a huge lump in your throat and that your heart is beating a little bit faster than it was before. And so what we want to do is to accept those physical experiences too. Oh, okay. Right now I am feeling anxious. What's it like to feel anxious? Well, for me, anxiety looks like fill in the blank and I'm going to make space for that experience. Like, okay, well, I guess the lump in the throat is coming with me uh, on my job today. Yeah. And I think saying like to be very active about feeling it, right? Like to actively feel the sensation itself mm-hmm. and like you would a piece of cloth, like, okay, there is a lump mm-hmm. and it feels like this, like I'm going to take action to feel it and mm-hmm. be engaged with it as this is part of my experience instead of being just total victim to all these overwhelming feelings and not having any words to identify it and how to express it is like it's building awareness and it's making space for all experiences, good and bad. Well said. Well um, said. I think that we might get cut off at the hour point soon. So maybe we ask a question. Or answer a question. Answer yeah. a question. Yep. yep, yep. Um, well, and that was what I was attempting to do as well with the, oh, the sorry. sexual. No, no, no. The sexual orientation OCD thing I think was a question. Oh, right, right, right. But let's do another. Okay. So we may may have answered a lot of this. Someone asked, uh, what are the basics we need to know to start incorporating this in our life? Um, I think we talked about it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But they also said in the back end, they said it feels so irresponsible, which I'm so glad you said. 
because oftentimes that is what kind of comes as a, like the baggage to acceptance is like, oh, or the side effect, like, oh, I feel like guilty or irresponsible for doing this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like accepting the presence of it without attaching meaning to it might lead to some level of disaster. Yes. So let's accept that. Yeah. But not, not, you know, say like, ah, it's true. Let's just notice it. Like it's floating by on a, on a leaf on the river. That's the sound of the leaf on the river. Except it doesn't sound like a reef, but whatever. It's fine. So yeah, no, but that's yes. Yes. Um, and so, I will point out to, I think irresponsible is a label that we put on ourselves. Right? Like we call ourselves like you're being irresponsible for doing this. And the feeling is just, Really, when we get down to it, it's anxious. It's uncomfortable. It's unnerved, right? That's that's the feeling. So just because of the fact that continuing to tell ourselves the narrative of we're being irresponsible is likely to perpetuate the feeling of anxiety that, and I agree and I understand, I think, what people mean when they say, like, I feel irresponsible, but just something to keep in mind. So this person asks, how do I continue to continually accept the same painful thoughts and feelings over and over? I think that the pain is actually in the meaning of the thoughts and feelings rather than the thoughts and feelings themselves. Um, for instance, I, I think one of the examples that Stephen Hayes, I think it's in, um, his book, Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life. But the thing is, even something beautiful, right, like a sunset for we humans could evoke feelings of sadness because you see the sunset and if you've lost a loved one recently, then you might think, oh, this this sunset, they would love this sunset and they're not here to enjoy it. And so the, the pain is in, the, inter- it's in the, the meaning that we give experiences, including thoughts. So um, if, if there are thoughts coming up and feelings coming up and there's uh, pain, right? Like it's, it's about accepting both the, the presence of the thoughts and perhaps the pain that giving them meaning in like almost immediately without thought has engendered. Can we make space for both of those phenomena essentially? Yeah, exactly. Make, exactly. Making space for both is definitely part of it. And remember, if you live with anxiety and OCD, you, if you want to have long-term recovery you have to accept that, or you don't, but for recovery, you have to accept that you will have to do this over and over again. However, that how you are feeling it right now, it's not always going to feel as intense as it feels right now. Such a good point. Right? It's like, we want to look at it as like waves. It's like, oh, it, there's peaks and there's valleys. And we get better, uh, just to extend on that, because I think it's such a great point. And we get better at feeling our feelings as we practice. If we are willing to go in and be like, I'm going to have a better relationship with these things. I'm going to be more accepting of them. That over time, your experience of them changes. And so when we say you like your job is to accept these feelings, we're not even saying that you need to, or accept that, that these feelings might recur. We're not saying you have to accept that they're going to be exactly as they are now. They're going to, to shift and change over time, sometimes be more intense, sometimes be less so. Right. And, you know, it's, it is painful and it's exhausting and it's taxing and it's challenging and it, it, it's so frustrating sometimes and that's okay too, right? Like, but you can still do it over and over. So, yeah. 
And and then and when you feel the, the pain and the frustration and all of those things, really making space. Like, ah, there it is, there's that. Instead of them being like, this sucks, this is unfair, right? Like we really get stuck in those storylines. And look, mm-hmm. we're all gonna get there. Sometimes I'll text Kelly, I'll be like, freaking OCD. You know, like Yeah. Like, I'm just normal. really not accepting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really I'm not feeling very accepting of this right now. And that's, you know, and then generally I turn pretty quickly toward acceptance because I know that the other way is not going to do anything for me, but being validated in that understanding that, yeah, there, it is going to be challenging. And then can I accept that? Like, yeah, this is, this is what it's like to feel anxious right now in my body. Yeah. It is what it is. Like it's, and it could just as easily be excitement right, with the physical sensations because they're the same thing. Can I they are I like the be. roller coaster. Exactly. Yeah. Same for sadness too, though, is like, you know, sadness, not with the roller coaster, but, you know, sadness doesn't have to be treated any different. Like we always talk about anxiety, but it's all in the same. It's like any uncomfortable emotion. We do have to meet it with the same reaction time and time again. Best served by anyway, to your point earlier, like you don't have to, but yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice. Um, We do have to wrap up though. We sure do. So next week we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about accepting uncertainty, accepting Uh, the fact that you have an OCD diagnosis and also uh, mindfulness meditation and how it can support acceptance. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like an expansion exercise or something. Love a good expansion exercise. Yeah. (laughs) We're such nerds. (laughs) Let's drill. Yeah. We're good. Good. Cool nerds. Yeah. Cool. nerds. Nerds rule. Nerds rule. That is absolutely true. And thank you all for joining us. Thank you as always, friends, for for this time. And we'll look forward to uh, seeing you all next week. Okay. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.